You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. I'm your host, Rachel Heinemann, licensed mental health counselor. Each week, we explore the deeper meaning of our relationship with food and our body. I interview experts in the field of eating disorders and psychoanalysis to bring you the answers about why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. All right, let's get started. Before we jump into today, I had a couple of announcements. So most importantly, I wanted to talk a little bit about scheduling, which is so boring, but just a bit of a heads up. So hopefully if this is running on schedule, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in real time, it is September 20th, 2022. Now for the next few weeks, four to be exact, there are a whole bunch of religious holidays and they either fall out on Tuesday or Tuesday evening. So just because it feels kind of weird to release an episode when I won't be online nor have access to any of this stuff. What we're going to do for the next four weeks is publish the episodes on Thursday instead of Tuesday. So exactly what I mean is for September 27th, October 4th, 11th, and 18th, all of those Tuesdays are going to be pushed to Thursdays. So we're going to be sharing episodes on September 29th, October 6th, 13th, and 20th. Just because, you know, even though the robots are working for us, I won't be working those days. So (laughs) don't worry. We're still going to have episodes those weeks, just Thursday instead of Tuesday. Don't worry when you don't see it next Tuesday. That means that the newsletter is going to come out on the same day as the episode. So normally I give you a couple of days to listen to it, to think about it, and then have some more thoughts and almost expand on that. So it'll just be all in one shot. Although the episodes do drop in the morning and the newsletters do go out in the evenings. This year, Thursday has been our empty day. So it's going to be everything on Thursday. If you haven't already signed up to the newsletter, feel free to sign up in the show notes or on my website. And I look forward to chatting with you guys all on Thursday for the next four weeks. Thank you for your understanding. It's always a very, very hectic time of year on the Jewish calendar. Today, what we're going to be talking about, and it's just me and you today, so hi, (laughs) we're going to be talking about when it's not working out for you and your therapist. Now, I'm a therapist, so that's why I'm talking about from a therapist perspective and when you're talking about doing this with your therapist, but really swap out any provider, dietitian, psychiatrist, doctor, I mean, any member of your team. And hopefully you can be creative to expand this to any relationship. But again, for the sake of our conversation, this is going to be when you're working with a therapist and it's just like not working. So obviously if you meet somebody and you meet them for a few times and it's just not clicking, yeah, you can say that. Of course, it's not super comfortable and you can follow the guidelines that I'm telling you today. But this sort of goes beyond when it's just not clicking in the beginning. This could be way, way, way later, but you just feel like something isn't working or they're not getting you or you're feeling stuck. Whatever it is, this is your episode to uh, help you through exactly what to do and how to do it. Now, of course, you know me, I'm going to tell you, you got to talk about it. But if it was that simple, you probably didn't need to listen to this. 
uh, like, duh. Okay. Talk about it. Have a conversation, move on. Um, no, not that duh. Well, I guess just sort of a little bit of, uh, backing up. The reason why it's so important to talk about it is because we can't expect anybody to read your mind. You can't read my mind and I can't read your mind and your partner can't read your mind. Your clients can't read your mind. Your boss can't read your mind. I mean, literally no human can read another person's mind. So unless you talk about something, the other person will not know. Now, of course, you can communicate in various different ways. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think what's most important about the therapeutic relationship and about your work in therapy is to turn everything into words and have verbal communication. So this entire conversation is going to centralize around how can you put words to your experience, even when it feels terrifying. Because honestly, you owe it to yourself to talk about it. Otherwise, you're completely wasting your time, your energy. I mean, what are you doing in therapy if you're not going to talk about how this isn't working? And let's be respectful to both parties here. Like you owe it to both of you to talk about. I get that you would be pretty hesitant to share if there is something isn't working. It's confrontation. (laughs) Who loves confrontation? But maybe we can actually start there. Meaning instead of saying something like, you know, this isn't really working. I don't know why, or I know why. Here's why it's not working. To start one step before. So what I mean by that is you can start off the conversation by saying something like, you know, I have something that I want to talk about. I feel kind of anxious about talking about it. It feels a little difficult to have the conversation. And then we can have a conversation or you and your therapist can have a conversation about what's difficult about having the conversation. Because let's be honest, chances are that this isn't the only kind of situation that is difficult. That if this kind of confrontation is hard for you with your therapist, it is probably hard for you with everybody else. So when we have these conversations, it's not just about pushing you to say something that's uncomfortable. It's about trying to understand what is uncomfortable about talking about this. And then we can shed light on this sort of general pattern that isn't exclusive for just right now. So what I mean by that, and I'll give you an example is let's just say, I say, okay, I don't really know how to talk about this. I feel a little uncomfortable. I'm a little anxious to talk about this. And now the question is like, okay, what is anxiety provoking about this conversation? And I might say something like, I'm afraid you'll get angry at me. And then we can explore, okay, so what happens when someone, or when you anticipate this other person is sitting in front of you, getting angry at you? what are you actually afraid of? Are they going to hurt you in some capacity? Not that you actually believe that now, but what is your fear? And that is going to open the door or open a crack in the window to shed light on this pattern, which like we said before, is probably a pattern and it is important for us to, to shed light on and can also help you get over that hump to actually talk about it. Because again, we're going back to this piece of if therapy is not working for you, then what are we doing here? And we, we do need to talk about it. What's going to be important is to explain exactly what you feel like isn't working. And of course, this is not going to be exact, exact. It's just sort of as much as you can. But at this point, you put your words out there and you sort of 
see what they say. So you don't have to fix a situation. You don't have to delineate exactly what you need from this conversation. It's just sort of like, I don't know if this is working. Something doesn't feel like it's working. And then see what happens. This is a dialogue. Now, ultimately what I, you know, this is obviously my opinion, but one of the biggest differences, if not the difference between excellent therapy and like kind of good therapy or mediocre therapy is the ability to engage in these types of conversations. To put words to interactions that are really, really difficult, specifically these interpersonal conversations. So when something happens between the two of you, are you able to talk about it? Now that obviously goes two ways. I'm not just saying that the client or the therapist needs to talk about it. It needs to be both. This goes two ways. So are you, and you, I'm referring to the client first, are you able to tolerate the discomfort of talking about this stuff? Do you pretend like it's not happening? Do you just sort of ignore it? Do you, more importantly, act out to communicate? Meaning you're not using your words, you're using your actions to communicate. So for example, if something is happening in therapy, are you the kind of person who just sort of like reschedules or cancels or doesn't show up or comes late or doesn't respond to emails, you know, things like that? Or are you the kind of person who talks about it? Now, I think the biggest difference here, and obviously this is a lot easier said than done, the biggest difference between communicating verbally and communicating via your actions is a certain level of respect versus aggression. Now, acting out, and I don't necessarily mean like, you know, rebellion, but acting out in terms of using your actions to communicate, like uh, let's just say, for example, coming late chronically is called passive aggression for a reason. It's aggressive. If you use your words, then you have the capacity to actually have a conversation about it and explore it as opposed to sort of like dumping this on the other person. And this, you know, of course, goes across the board, not necessarily exclusive to your relationship with your therapist. Now, the flip side of that is, do do you as the therapist or insert any provider have the capacity to talk about this entire thing through? Because let's be real, we're all humans here. We know that in therapy, this is a place where you can talk about anything and you can say anything. The therapist on the other side is a person. And if you're coming in with what isn't working, it's very possible that if you phrase your words a specific way as, you know, judgmental or critical, that it will be perceived in that way. And when anybody receives criticism, not constructive criticism. I'm talking about pointing fingers, blaming critical judgment. It's pretty natural to act defensively and angrily. Now, disclaimer, I am not in the least bit condoning any defensive reactions from any providers at all. So disclaimer, not at all. What I am saying is that If you're able to put your words out there and especially if it's not done in the most assertive way and this person is able to react in a way where they can put aside their anger or defensiveness to hear you out, you have found your unicorn. So just know in terms of bringing up these kinds of conversations, if your therapist has the capacity to stay with you through, yes, it should be a precursor. Like, let's be honest. 
it should be a trait in every single therapist. But if you do actually, let's be real. If you do actually have a therapist that's able to do this, definitely found your unicorn. Going back to the piece of this is two ways. If you are devoted to really figuring this out, instead of perhaps throwing darts, you know, metaphoric darts at your therapist about being critical and what's not working and all that stuff. If you think about, okay, what's the most likely situation that we can actually have a conversation, say it in a way that's more curious without judgment and say it gently, like in essence, be assertive about it. You actually have much more of a higher probability of coming out of this conversation with more information as opposed to butting heads. Because let's think about any sort of disagreement. If there's respectful disagreement, then what you have is a beautiful debate. And what happens at the end of a debate could be coming to some sort of agreement. It could be respectfully disagreeing. Either way, you get somewhere. Now, if you think about the other way that any sort of arguments or disagreements go, (laughs) not so much. That's where people just sort of escalate. They get angry at each other. They throw insults at each other. And there is no openness to hear the other person. I think if we take this dynamic to a person's relationship with their therapist, we can sort of really, really look at how you can get what you need. If you do it in a way, if you bring this up in a way that says, I really want to have this conversation. Maybe I don't know how, maybe I'm using the wrong words. Maybe I'm actually being mean, but I do want to have this conversation. Then I guarantee you'll be able to have the conversation. If you come in it, come in and just sort of like whine and say, this is not working. You're not doing anything for me. I pay all this money. Like you're not fixing me, all that stuff. Then... I mean, I'm not so sure the other person is inclined to want to help you. Now, again, circling back, they're your therapist. They will, they should. But I think all this to say is that this is going back to this goes two ways. You have a responsibility to bring this up in a way that's as assertive as you possibly can. And your therapist has the responsibility to respond with curiosity. Now, the same way that you have a responsibility to bring this up in a way that's pretty assertive, it goes for the other way around. Like, let's just say you are doing the whole canceling, rescheduling, not showing up, situating a bang. And your therapist notices that and needs to bring it up. Like, what's going on? You're clearly communicating something with me and we're not talking about it. So if I said something like, let's say I'm the therapist. So I said, um, yeah, okay. You know, you're pretty late today. And you were also kind of late last week. And then the week before you canceled and then you didn't respond to an email, like something's going on. And, you know, I, I really think that you're, you know, trying to tell me something or I can even be less gentle than that. Clearly you're feeling some way about therapy and you want to avoid this. So I'm bringing it up or something like that. As opposed to if I tiptoe in and I say, you know, I noticed that it was a little hard for you to get to session today. And it took a bit of time. Is everything okay? Gives you the opportunity to talk about all the excuses that you have that are probably very valid excuses. And then I can say something like, you know, I noticed that this happened before and I guess I'm just wondering about that. And then you might still provide all of your excuses, which might actually be valid. They might not. But this sort of easing in is just for me to tell you that I'm curious about it. I'm noticing this. I'm curious about it. 
And if I wanted to be a little bit more pushy with it, I can say, you know, listen, I've seen that this is a pattern. And I guess when I see this in other ways, it usually means that you feel a certain way about something. And I guess I just wonder if you're feeling a certain way about therapy and if you are to give us the opportunity to talk about it, because I think that that's going to be important. I can be totally off. So please let me know if I am. And notice how your reaction might be different. Like, oh, hey, yeah, actually, you know, I don't know if this is working for me. Like I do tend to be late because I don't really know if this is going to be interesting to me or I'm really uncomfortable or we're talking about a thing that I really hate. So I'd prefer not to be here. All of that is ways to open up conversation verbally and do so in the most gentle way so as to facilitate curiosity so we can actually get somewhere. Because if I did say it the other way around, you would be headed for the door and and rightfully so. So it's all about how you say it. Now, besides for that, if you're working with a therapist or a dietitian or anybody and it's not working, it's obviously really important to talk about because if it's not working, seriously, what are we doing here? You're not doing anyone any favors. But also because this is so much more than just what's happening right now. The interpersonal dynamic between you and your therapist or you and insert whoever it is, is going to provide so much information about how you relate to people. And if you ignore it, if you ignore that there is some sort of communication happening between you, whether it's just not working out or there's a sort of quote, acting out communication, if you ignore it, you are ignoring a large piece, perhaps the largest piece of your work and your healing journey. Like we can talk about the eating disorder all day and how restriction leads to binging and how you're stressed out about this. And so you binge and how the purge felt and your body image and all that stuff. We can talk about it. It's obviously so, so, so important. But if we don't talk about or address your relationship with your therapist and relationships in general, your level of assertiveness, but specifically what is happening in the room with this person sitting in front of you, we almost didn't do anything. And I know that that sounds pretty harsh, But if we talk about, you know, or I talk about all the time between taking something from, you know, making some changes and actually getting to the root of things, doing, you know, incorporating some coping skills and actually getting to why do I do this and how is this helping me and why does my body react this way and why do I get so stressed out about this and why do I turn to binging all of these questions that that just seem so puzzling. All of that, all of that can be addressed by what is actually happening in the room. When you get angry, do you snap? Do you get defensive? Do you completely shut down? Is that something that your therapist is able to point out? Are you able to tolerate those conversations? The interpersonal dynamic between you and your therapist, and I'll say this a million times, is the key to your recovery, to your healing journey, to really getting anywhere that you need and want to go. So I really hope that you take this conversation, whether it's for a a specific reason that you need to talk to your therapist, dietitian, psychiatrist, et cetera, about what's not working. And you can use this and and actually arm yourself to have a conversation. I also hope that you're going to take this and uh, use it one step further, that really this goes so much further than just talking about when something isn't working. It's talking about when they've upset you, they did something that made you angry to talk about it in this way too to be able to understand what happens between you and another person. And I am talking about in terms of your visceral and emotional experience and what that then makes you do is going to be your golden ticket 
to where you need to go. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.